0: All right, hey-o, we're back. Episode 88, Hot Crest Podcast. I'm Travis Jadon. Spencer's going to join me right after the intro, but first I'm going to tell you guys about our title sponsor, Coach's Corner in Savannah, the number one sports bar in Savannah, the title sponsor of the number one sports podcast in Savannah. John Henderson, the owner, and those guys have a great thing going right now with the TP out in front of 3016 East Victory Drive. Stop by, beep the horn. If you like the Braves, check out the TP. grab something to eat, something cold to drink, and make a donation to help save one of our own charity. If you tell them the Hot Grits podcast sent you, they will hook it up a little bit on that check for you. And if you hook it up in the help save one of our own charity, they will surely, surely make it worth your while. The TP is a fun time. It is a monster this year. A lot of momentum, great time to get to Coach's Corner with basketball starting as well, and football season in full swing. 3016 East Victory Drive, 912-352-2933. If you want to call ahead, cold beers, hot wings, Coach's Corner in Savannah, tell them the Hot Grits Podcast sent you. All right, boys and girls, we took a week off, but we're back in full. Episode 88 of the Hot Grits Podcast. Let's go.
1: I mean, I've always kind of believed in aliens. I don't know if I believe in flying saucers.
0: You like might as well just walk up like to me, keep like it like while he's on his lunch like break like you know, cranking his, like his
1: like or something. Me, yeah. Punch a little baby right <laughs> We'll see that. We're almost uh, three minutes into our sports podcast and yet to bring up not one sport.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Back with you guys after missing last week. We got Spencer Maddox joining me over the phone after a... Uh, night of mayhem in atlanta at Truist park for pretty
1: rowdy game
0: two in the a spencer was there much like the hawks playoff series the snapchat was lit yeah uh so you can't you like you didn't even have enough stamina to get to the studio tonight
1: (laughs) no honestly i barely made it home it was a solid six hour drive back from atlanta including traffic oh man so
0: uh i-16 um, is the worst hungover
1: it was it was brutal and i did it basically by myself the guy that rode with me just slept the whole time so <laughs> my back's nice my back's nice and nice and stiff i'm uh exhausted but i'm here
0: okay yeah when, when soft hands guy uh well so you throw a hand up for that i'll throw a hand up for us missing last week um i do well,
1: covid or something well i can't
0: confirm that it was covid yeah. so still clean still haven't tested positive but uh uh it was a rough Monday for me, and then it became a rough Tuesday, as well. So now we're back, but just like last year, uh, we can just do that. We don't have to explain shit to you guys. Yeah, that's sort of how it works. Spencer, what was it like being you at know, Truist Park, bro? I cannot believe the Braves are up two nothing, again on the Dodgers. Um,
1: let me just say this: uh, Truist Truist dropped the ball a little bit on this. They were not ready for all the people that they had. Uh, there was lines like. Just to get a hot dog, you were waiting like thirty minutes to get a beer. It was even worse. It was pretty brutal from that that point. So that was a little annoying. I ended up starting to buy like four beers at a time and
0: just like where'd you say? them like
1: that. Uh, I was up the third baseline, but uh, the game was awesome. I mean, you saw it. I'm assuming you watched on TV. That it pretty much felt over in the first inning. It it didn't feel over, but it was like, oh my god, here we go. Dude, you know? yes,
0: Ian Anderson gives up gives up yeah. a two-run Jimmy like four pitches into the game. Uh he only goes 3 innings. It, it definitely did feel like that, I already started rationalizing like, okay, we split the we split 1-1. Now we're going to LA. Yeah. Like it, it's all good. Like that's not bad. But I just started rationalizing it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like in the first inning immediately.
1: Yeah. And you know, Ian going 30 pitches, it started to be like, okay, if we win It's because something special happened, and something special did happen.
0: Oh, so many spectacularly special things (laughs) happened, dude. Freddie Freeman struck out 1,000 times consecutively. (laughs) Uh, The Braves walked nine batters. Ian Anderson went three innings. Uh, All this shit happened. Brian Snicker turned 98 on his birthday. Uh, Chris Martin
1: pitched in the eighth inning. Chris Martin
0: had an excellent inning, and the whole bullpen went six innings and allowed one hit, Penny crazy one hit in six innings of we, we said this all year long the bullpen is the strength luke jackson is the strength yep <laughs> so uh let's talk about some of the plays first off uh i think the stars of the series so far obviously the boy the boy young handsome baby yeah
1: i think he's the story of the playoffs right playoffs. He's gotta be the breakout star of, It's easier... gonna be the breakout star of the playoffs
0: okay but can i give you a counter okay what about ron washington
1: Ron Washington is electric, bro.
0: Ron Washington has taken over, and and, like he does this several times a year just by being cool as hell. But he had the right arm swinging, dude, Tuesday or in game Uh, two. Like,
1: (laughs) I love how, uh, whenever Rosario comes in and makes that just incredible slide to be safe, which we all thought in this in the stadium that he was out immediately, I was like, No, he's out, he's out. They're gonna review this, he's gonna be out. Everybody was like,
0: You lose, listen on TV. It was like you couldn't see Rosario running, but the ball took yeah. forever to get to the right fielder, and it was like, okay, he's going to score easily. And then the throw yeah. came to the plate, and he still wasn't in the camera screen. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? Like, what happened to him? I guess he had to hold up at second base.
1: But the way Ron Washington reacts after he was like, oh, yeah, that was the right decision. Nonchalant, you know I mean? like- dude. Just like he
0: never had a doubt.
1: He's like, oh yeah, I'm happy with that. That worked out exactly like I knew it would. Twice, no
0: twice, really. Like, yep. I mean, both of those. And if he doesn't, if those guys aren't safe, then like it's an all time gaff. Like, yeah. And you wonder if the first guy, like if Rosario uh, is not safe, then does he even send Albies in in the ninth? I, I don't know. True. What, what did you think? Uh, like early in the game, it obviously felt Dodgers. And then when the Braves came back and tied it in the eighth, did you think Austin Riley's hit to left center was out of the park? And then also, did you think off the bat? I
1: did. Did you off think the bat? I did. But just like just like the uh, what was it? Trey Turner.
0: The, it's, yes, dude. The one to the left field wall.
1: Yeah, that's just, what I was going to ask that about. Was gone immediately off the bat, and it. I guess if I guess it's because because it was a night game, you know what I mean? Uh, the yeah. ball just didn't carry like that. It like Austin Riley's hit. I would in the ballpark that like that's a home run 90% of the time if you hit the ball like that. And it ended up like barely even making it to the fence. Trey Turner's that's a that's a home run a hundred percent of the time. I don't know how that ball stayed in the ballpark, but thank God it did. Dude and <laughs> the the atmosphere whenever Riley hits the uh hits the double dude it uh it was almost like the stadium was in a sense of shock and like, just overwhelming joy. I, I've i never seen something where it's like, that shouldn't have happened b- before. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. It, it was Especially almost like, not to the Braves. Yeah, exactly. The fact that he was safe at the plate, all all of it.
0: And the, of it. the umpire was-, was so bad to start in uh, Game 2. Like, the umpire, Jordan Baker, was behind the plate. Uh, like, you being at the game, it's a different experience, obviously. But watching on TV and listening to the – like, it was blatantly – Rough the first three or yeah, four innings, and so calls. you just start feeling like, oh, okay, now now we have an umpire involved in this shit. Like, yeah, and, and you just start piling on and piling on, and then they somehow win. Dansby Swanson uh, had the sacrifice bunt that went right back to the pitcher, and then that was
1: shocking. Seager
0: scooped it like it was like the ball was going to go into left center field. Seager scoops it. What about Heredia in center field when he misplayed that ball? Oh
1: God! I uh, see. I I don't understand why you don't just put. Pache in at that point. Like I get like Heredia is not a good hitter either. You know what I mean? So why why do you have Heredia in? If if the if the logic is Pachet is not ready to hit in the playoffs, well Heredia is clearly not either. Like he got up in Arcia, both those guys got up there and looked like they didn't belong on any baseball fields, like little league teams. They they looked lost and then that all time yeah, yeah, yeah. If if they would have lost the game, we would have looked back at I still- if 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 they would if the Braves would have lost this game Braves fans would have looked back and been extremely angry at Brian Snicker.
0: Oh, Uh, yeah. And look, that Trey Turner ball that was hit to the wall off Will Smith. uh, Yeah. Like, people would have been all over Snicker for bringing Will Smith in, you know, and giving up a bomb immediately. I thought also the the sacrifice bunt that I was talking about, like, that's not something that Snicker calls for ever. Like, they don't sacrifice bunt. Dansby Swanson with a man on first and no outs—that never he hit, home, he hit 30 home runs this year. I'm cool with the bunt. I'm just saying that there were a lot of things that happened oh, that I'm did not. not go. You you aren't you like you were complaining about it before?
1: Yeah, I, I'm not okay with the bunt. The second he turned to square around, I was like, this dude throws 103 miles an hour. We're trying to lay down a friggin' bunt. No chance, dude. Fair enough. I was scared that it was. I was scared that it was going to be a double play, and it very easily could have been a double play. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if Dansby's even a little bit slower, that's probably a double play ball. And it was a bad throw that he threw. You know what I mean? The If it was a good throw to second, he might have had a chance to turn two. And there goes your game. But it, it worked out. They got extremely lucky. Snicker should be – he should be breathing a sigh of relief because he almost blew that. That was that was pretty rough. And like, like this. Yeah. And honestly, like I was okay with all the other decisions you made. Like the, the bullpen decisions, I thought it was – I thought bringing in Webb was the right move there for whatever reason. I don't know. I, I just felt good about that. And I thought Martin pitched well, obviously. So like, but the, the bun thing was just brutal, bro. That was tough to watch. Uh, and, and not putting patchy in. in well, so that's what I was going to circle back to
0: that. And we won't spend too much time on it. We'll talk about game three uh, and, and the rest of the series coming up. But, but looking back on that, when Heredia comes into the game, he misplays that ball the very next inning. He, I mean, all, look, he doesn't get a hit or anything, but he moves Ozzy Albies over, puts the ball yeah. in play with two strikes instead of striking out like many of the Braves are doing. Uh, True. Put, and then Albies is the second base with two outs. Young Handsome comes through in the clutch, and it's two early. To, baby Ruth. And they're heading back back to Cali, Cali.
1: Yeah, I guess I guess we can be happy with Heredia's ground ball. Like, I, I,
0: I'm just God saying, it like, it's like what you were saying earlier. Like, It just this doesn't it start to feel different like are we fooling ourselves?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. No no no. This this does feel like a team of like this this feels like destiny or something, you know what I mean? Like
0: it's yeah, it's like what we were talking about before they the, the series like something started. Special this is, going on. is this is the first time that they've had a chance at, at winning, I guess, or or a good team where they weren't expected to be good. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. So all that the expectations
1: is- are not on them. Yeah, exactly. And but I mean Saying that they could go to LA lose two and then we're you know we're talking about like what what kind of chances do they really have you know what I mean like if it goes to a game seven you really don't like I don't like the Braves chances if it goes to seven honestly I think they need to close this bad boy out in six what do you, what do you think
0: well I I think at the very least you got to win one one of three yeah you know what oh, I mean? yeah like you got to win one of three in LA because I mean like. I think the difference between we talked about this, the difference between last year is there was seven straight days. But with Chuck Morton going game three, Ian Anderson still only went three innings. Like, he only threw, like, 40-something pitches. I think. That's right? true. So, he's all of a sudden available. Max is going to be Mad Max. Max free has turned into an absolute ace. Like, we always knew he was a number one. Right. But now he's, like, an ace in baseball. And Max Scherzer, dude, he looked rattled.
1: Rattled. He did. And honestly... I thought Roberts kind of blew the game for them as well, didn't you? Like, it, as Questionable as decisions, it, yeah. Yeah, and like I, I didn't particularly like taking out Scherzer when they did. I think they only let him go seven, 70 pitches, something like that.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess they said Scherzer's velocity had dropped, and Scherzer had said that his arm was getting tired. So, really? Yeah. Okay,
1: so we, we weren't getting any of that information in the stadium, but it, I, I was kind of shocked by that, and it didn't look like Scherzer – didn't want to come out of the game. You know what I mean? He didn't like fight it or anything. He was just like, all right, yep, my time's up. He's like, man's only given up two runs. You know what I mean? And this is the best – supposed to be one of the best pitchers in baseball, a marquee name. You would think they let him go for more than that, but uh, I, I didn't know about the arm soreness thing. That is uh, a little concerning if you're a Dodgers fan, I yeah. assume.
0: And, and look, they still have Walker Bueller. Ever heard of him going game
1: three for them? Right.
0: He'll have his pants painted on. They'll be so tight, they'll be painted on <laughs> like, uh, as always on the national Dude. stage.
1: This matchup, uh, it it first off, it's so huge that the Braves got Morton. Uh, looking back, we kind of like were questioning that move. Like he's an older guy, yada yada yada. But thank God they got him because I I honestly would I feel more comfortable running Morton up against Bueller than I would oh, yeah. Max or Ian Anderson just because he's so much more experienced and you know he's not gonna feel pressure. Like I oh, know no. that for a fact. Morton uh, if would just look
0: at Bueller and say, "You're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy." Yeah.
1: <laughs> you aren't exactly. that. You aren't that guy. I mean, he might lose the game, but he's not gonna. He's not gonna give the game away because he got nervous or something like that, or have just a bad outing like that. It's not, that's not the case with Chuck Morton. Chuck Morton's the
0: kind of guy to get in a bar fight, knowing all the while that he was going to lose, but he just wants to taste some blood. That's yeah, all he wants. He just
1: needed a little bit of adrenaline. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you as Derrick Henry breaks one open. 80 yards. Uh, Am I still ahead of you this
0: football? Yeah, you're slightly ahead of me. I'm watching the Red Sox as well, though.
1: Gotcha. Uh, uh, I can't I can't do all that multitasking stuff, dude. All right,
0: well we'll get set to wrap up the Braves. Uh, a lot obviously going on over at Coach's Corner. The T P is rocking. They're raising a bunch of money for help save one of our own. Spencer, I was over there uh, just before the start of our fantasy basketball draft on Sunday night. And Really? Yeah, yeah, I went to get some to go food. I wanted to get up on the T P but it was like I mean there were <laughs> there were probably like thirty people either like congregated at the bottom of it and, and on top of it. Our guy Lawrence Bennett was up there. Uh, dude, they have a lot, a lot going on. It's not like last year. Like It's a way bigger platform. I'm going
1: to be riding by there. It's probably some point this week. Maybe Wednesday, maybe Tuesday. We'll see what's going on. I need to uh, I need to swing by and say what's up to all the dudes. Yeah, I think Any I might go see
0: uh, Brandon Bain on Wednesday. Check him out on Rubbin' and Grubbin' YouTube. Uh, subscribe to that and on the Coach's Corner Facebook page, as well as the Carl DeMasi Sports Report on Saturday mornings. And the Who is on first base baseball podcast with Carl Demasi, our guy, and Kyle Lawson. Check those guys out. As always on Facebook, Coaches Corner and Thunderbolt. They are our title sponsor. We love those bros. Tell them we sent you. Spencer, can I drop a stat on you before we move on? Yes. All time there have been 87 teams in the NLCS that have gone up to nothing in a best of seven. 87 teams. They're 73 and fourteen.
1: You like those odds?
0: The Braves have two of those fourteen losses all time. Oof. Two of the fourteen have come. One of them came last year to the very same team in the exact same scenario. So
1: yeah, I was about to say of those eighty-seven teams, uh, the Dodgers are probably better than all of their opponents. You know what I mean? Uh, this this Dodgers team, man. Looking down the lineup, it is. Something to behold. Like you, I knew they were good before this series, but just having to play them over seven games, it's like, oh my god.
0: Well, dude, we talked about yeah. it like
1: d- they game
0: got a former MVP batting seventh. You, yeah. watch, you watched game one, right, Max yeah, Freed? Okay, absolutely. so at one point in time during game one, Max Freed threw twenty three consecutive strikes. And what we were talking about all season was why are the Dodgers so hard to play? Because they just it takes forever. To get one out, like you have to work your dick off to get one out. Yep. And it's because they're getting to three one counts, two one counts, they're spoiling pitch. But Freed was just pumping. Str- it's like they knew, like they listened to the Hawkerets podcast probably, <laughs> <laughs> and they knew that, like, that was the Achilles heel the last two times the Braves had lost.
1: Well, hopefully we see more of the same. Ian Anderson struggled a little bit with the strike zone, but I, I couldn't tell. It looked like uh it looked like he was getting some bad calls in there. Yeah, he, he was, was, but I mean
0: he was just like like he was walking, he's throwing three two change ups in the dirt. I mean he was just sloppy from the beginning, but he at least grinded and got through three innings. But a guy like Mark Fultonevic is just gonna get his tits ripped and won't get through True. the first inning and he'll give up ten. So like True. Anderson at least kept it respectable and got them, you know, nine outs at least.
1: And we were we were talking Earlier this year, about how the Hawks, when the Hawks were in the conference finals, and the Braves were losing all these games, we we're like, "Oh, it looks like the Hawks might be the team to break the curse, not the Braves." We thought it was going to be the Braves for so long, and here we are, up two zero in the NL Championship Series. The Braves have just as good of a chance as they always have. It's kind of wild. The, uh, how, the Braves the have won.
0: The Braves have won seventeen of their last twenty games.
1: Overall. It's wild, man.
0: And the University of Georgia is the number one team in the country, undefeated. The Hawks are gonna win the title, probably win 70 games. Uh, <laughs> I mean it's great to be in the Peach Day these days, bro.
1: It is. It's a good, it's a good day to be a Georgia sports fan. Or a good, you know, a good year to be a Georgia sports fan. And it's been a long time since we can say that.
0: Indeed, indeed. All right, let's get it going then. The first Hawks segment watch of the year, Hawks ceiling watch. Uh John Carr Real Estate. I'm gonna tell you guys about him before we get started with the Hawks. 912-228-0916. Pause this episode. Call John right now and ask him about the real estate market in Savannah. Whether you're buying or selling real estate in the Savannah area, John Carr is your guy. We got to hit that quota by the end of the year. Call him or find him on Facebook, John Carr Real Estate, John Carr Realty.com, Instagram, and Twitter. 912-228-0916. John Carr is our guy. Tell him. The- Okay, Spencer, the people's team, the Atlanta Hawks, open up this week along with the rest of the NBA. Uh, immediate thoughts now that you're, what, 48 hours, 24 hours out from well, the Hawks tipping to off go, their title run.
1: I wanted to go ahead and do a ceiling update. And, of course, mine is going to be the one seed. That's their ceiling. No this way.
0: Year.
1: Yeah, of course. You're a simp. Well, it's, it's important to remember that this team played at a pace of the best record in the East after Lloyd Pierce was fired. A little bit after Lord Peace was fired. It was like a week or two after Lord Peace was fired. Uh, right there with the 76ers, whom I think they're a better team than. Uh, you get a new coach. Everybody gets better. You, you shore up the point guard position, the backup point guard. Uh, add a couple of rookies that look like studs for some, some extreme depth. Um, and this team already has been battle tested now. So I, I like what I see going into the year. Uh, hopefully, there's no devastating injuries or anything like that, because they dealt with that all last year, man. It was brutal. But uh, I really do like this team. I like this Hawks team going into the year. Um, that's not just the homer and me talking. Shout out, Jason Chatham.
0: No, yeah, it is the homer. And that's all that is. You, you picked them to be the one seed.
1: Of course. Well, you can start it high. It's their ceiling. Dude. It's
0: mm-hmm. their ceiling. No, you're, you're a good cop. Soft hands guy.
1: No, it's their ceiling, dude. That's what they could be. I like this team a lot.
0: And I that's did, why yeah. I really think that their potential is they could reach the five seed this ceiling at some point in time in the playoffs. And that's where they'll start. That's where they'll stay. The five seed is the highest they'll get. That's crazy. All season. If I change that, listen, right now, Spencer, if I change my ceiling all season, you can hold me to it. I promise you it's going to stay at a five. All right. That's as high as they'll go. They'll be on the road. Round one.
1: (laughs) Playing the Knicks again, huh? No, dude, I'm extremely excited for basketball season. I... I love football. It's a good sport. But, dude, I need more sports throughout the week. You know what I mean? Dude, it's so boring. Monday through Thursday, there's nothing on TV except baseball, and baseball is about to end.
0: I like, Yeah, I like the basketball tips off before we're ready for it. Like, football, by the time the Thursday night opening game comes around, you've already seen three preseason games, like three preseason weeks. You've seen the hall. You've done the training camp, the roster cuts. You're just, like, so starved for it. I like the basketball starts while we're still paying attention to the baseball playoffs, like, while football's still in its prime. And and then we can kind of, like, you can just dip your toe in, like, on a random Tuesday night, like you're saying.
1: The the NBA doesn't give a shit, dude. They they, they don't care if they're competing with anybody. They just throw games out there. Because they know people will watch LeBron, even in November, dude. They don't care.
0: No, they don't care. I mean, as long as they have one measurement, like, one uh, piece of criteria in order— to implement something is Kyrie Irving. Okay. With it. (laughs) Dude. If Kyrie Irving is okay with it, then, then go for it. But if it doesn't pass his test, I mean, a well-read scholarly, he spent a full semester, you know, at Duke.
1: Uh, Unreal. Dude, he's entered into like Kanye West territory. You know what I mean? Like he's, it's at that point now where he's just that ridiculous. No one.
0: He's so ridiculous. He's got Kevin Durant and James Harden. Looking out the side of their eyes, like, dude, what the hell is this guy doing over there?
1: Yeah, we came to Brooklyn for this, bro. And, They're he's like, yo, out we're, on us we're now.
0: crazy as shit, Kyrie. Like, but
1: this is wild, bro. Like, what are you, we don't even know over how to take real. this, dude. He's, he's giving away 250 million dollars by not getting the vaccine.
0: And, and it's just like, why would you die on this hill? Why would you die on this hill? Who it's just.
1: It seems like an attention thing, doesn't it? Like it, it
0: is. Everything he's done is him. That's, that's why it's like at some point in time, like I'm willing to forgive a lot of stuff if you're a great player, and he is. But every single stop he makes, it's something. Like sometimes it's not his fault, the injuries. But it started at Duke. I mean it started at Duke in every yeah. single stop he's made, including the American Olympic team. I mean, every stop he's made, there's a problem. He's late. He has to take time off for mental issues. He's injured. He doesn't want to get vaccinated. The earth is flat. Dinosaurs aren't real.
1: It's like, it's unreal, man.
0: It's just, it's hectic. But I think it opens up. I mean, I don't know if I'm being naive. Does it open up the whole Eastern Conference now? Like, it absolutely does.
1: They're not the same team without... Are they better? You gotta think, no, no, they're not better. They're not the same team. They are so top-heavy this year. I mean, they're still a loaded The Brooklyn team. Nets. Yes, they're still a loaded team, uh, just in general. Even without Kyrie, don't get me wrong, but they're they're not quite as deep as they were last year. You know what I mean? Without without, and we saw what happened whenever James Harden and Kyrie went down. They weren't the same team with just Kevin Durant running the show. You know what I mean? So yeah, they're they're still going to be an absolute juggernaut. They're still going to be a really good team, but they're no longer unbeatable without a third star. Uh, that I, they don't feel unbeatable without Kyrie, to me. So yeah. I think that opens up the Eastern Conference for the rest of those those teams I think a Milwaukee could sneak in and beat them somehow and James Harden still has playoff questions you know what I mean there's still there's there's a lot of stuff that could go wrong for the for the for the Nets in the Eastern Conference so, uh, especially without Kyrie and turn- that's the one thing you can't say about Kyrie Irving is that he's a playoff performer he, he like he goes out there and puts up numbers no matter no matter what you know what I mean especially the shot like that jumps to mind immediately
0: yeah well I, I think like In terms of the East now, though, like, the Hawks are obviously right there. I think it's still the Nets and Bucks in whatever order you want to put them in. Like, they they might not win the East, but they have to be the the first tier, right? They're definitely
1: the favorites, yeah.
0: They're the tier by themselves. And then, like, at the top of the very next tier would be the Hawks. So, I guess what I would ask is, are the Hawks going to value – are the Hawks going to grind and work and really value trying to get to one or the two seed as opposed to the three? You know
1: what I, I mean? Believe, like, all season, Cause the because the Nets might not. I believe they would, because the this team, like, if you read what they're saying, they still are kind of operating like they've got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Like they, Ooh, they, that's always good, they, dude. Always good yeah, to a chip. Yeah, they still, they still uh, like Bogdanovich even said it, they, they still feel like people thought it was a little bit fluky that they went there. Like, all the stuff comes out. They and they and In their minds, and in my mind, too, if Trey doesn't get hurt, they think they're winning the whole thing. You know what I mean? So I think I think they do want the one seed, and also something to pay attention. Well, should they to, care though? Like, do you think? I, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I, I think to to put to play their flag.
0: I think some teams um, it does like for the Hawks. I think it does matter too. But like, I don't know that the Bucks or Nets need to be the one. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, well, they, are they going to like rest no, Durant down? Those, like,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But also, like for individual awards, like Trey Young's not winning an MVP if the Hawks aren't the one or the two seed. It's just not if they don't come out and dominate all year long. And I know that that's something that a Trey Young would want. You know what I mean? He's that kind of player.
0: So the Hawks open up uh, Thursday night against the Mavs, 730. Uh, so the return of Bob Rathbin and Dominique Wilkins. <laughs> Another fucking season of Bob Rathbun and the Dunkin' Donuts four-pack. Get your four-pack of C and the game's <laughs> over. A game-winning shot sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts.
1: I'm willing to bet we get a little bit of Vince Carter on Thursday as well. How awesome is that matchup to open the season, Trey versus Luca? Oh, it's pretty sick. Did that, that get you going at all?
0: Uh, yeah, it did. And then uh, Mark Cuban saying that all of his play, like they, they have an advantage already because all of his players have to be vaccinated. Did you see that? No. Like he thinks that especially early in the season, the first week or two, they'll have an advantage over teams where certain people aren't vaccinated. Where you have to be more really? careful. Yeah, dude. And I was like, come Idiot. on. I was, well, no, dude, like, if you want to make everyone get vaccinated, that's fine. But let's not pretend here, like, that's going to, like, give one team an advantage in a professional basketball
1: game. Yeah, league. Well, 95% of the league is vaccinated. That's just ridiculous.
0: Oh, what else is new? Kyrie in the Including 5%. The <laughs> Kyrie in yeah. the 5% by himself. I think it's
1: actually even higher than that. Andrew Wiggins got vaccinated after holding out notably.
0: Oh, yeah, so,
1: that's true. Kyrie's like the last notable star that hasn't been vaccinated. Of course he is. He's going to stand on what he believes, bro.
0: At Cleveland Saturday, 6 p.m., Saturday, October 23rd, that'll be Trey Young versus Colin Sexton. Pretty sweet matchup. And then uh, the next two games after that, Monday, Pistons at Hawks. So another, was that Cade Cunningham, right? Yep. Cade Cunningham versus Trey Young. That'll be a matchup. And then right after that, Hawks at Pelicans. In uh, the blender, as they call it down in New Orleans, Wednesday, Zion Williams versus, well, I don't know if Zion will play. Williamson. Zion Williamson? There you go. Zion Williamson.
1: Future Atlanta Hawk, Zion Williamson. Still dying on that hill. Sure, sure, yes. All right. Watch, um, watch, watch, watch it happen.
0: In the West, it's obviously, I think, as always, you know, significantly deeper and significantly more wide open but that doesn't mean right. that the winner is going to come out the West. I mean, is there anything you want to talk about out there? Any, any teams or any storylines that I'm not thinking of? I hope Greg Popovich no. doesn't win a game.
1: No, I am uh, curious to see how the Clippers play this year. If they kind of just punt and wait for the arena.
0: And,
1: yeah. Maybe try and get a, uh, a higher draft pick because they probably won't have a chance to be in the lottery for a long time. Um, or if they, go all in just surrounding Paul George and try and win a bunch of basketball games. Um, Lakers. I'm not really like super hyped about watching that team. I mean, I do want to see Russ play with those guys and it's good to see Russell on a good team, but eh, you know, weird yeah. fit, weird fit, weird team. I don't like LeBron. Still don't like Anthony Davis. Um. Oh, and, yeah, the return of Steph Curry and Clay—that's that's, that's got to be the story, right?
0: Well, I think Clay Thompson. I mean, the books, the jury's still out on him. Like he's still at least,
1: yeah, I we mean, have no idea what he's going to be.
0: I think I think right now they're hoping possibly Christmas, like possibly before Christmas. But like, yeah, they said that it could be that, or he could not return this season. Like so, that's still wide open. I mean, I think with Wiggins and Curry, the the Warriors are always going to be serviceable. I mean, they're I think they make right. the playoffs. Um, you ready to make some picks though? We'll do. To the two Eastern Conference Finals teams, and then the two Western Conference Finals teams, and then pick our pick our champs.
1: Yep. Where do you want to start? And do you want to go first? Well, I'm a homer, so you already know the answer to mine, right?
0: Duh. Cupcake City. Who's your, who's the team playing the Hawks <laughs> in the East?
1: Um, I'm gonna go Nets in the East. The Nets beat the Hawks in May in advance. After that, unfortunately, even though I'm I'm gonna be there, you know, in person watching them. Six flex, um, bro. Yeah. No, I mean like I will. If they if they make it again this year, I'm gonna try and go to every game. Screw it. But the, in in the West, which is obviously gonna be a lot more of a, a wide open race, I'm gonna go Lakers and then I wanna say Warriors, dude. And I I think I think it's gonna be a chalk here. Lakers, Nets, and the Nets take it. What do you really?
0: think? Yeah. All right, I got uh yeah, I got Nets over Hawks. In the East. That's my pick for the two teams out the East. And then I got... You
1: called me a cupcake and then you did the exact same thing.
0: Well, I thought you were going to pick the Hawks over the Nets.
1: Oh, okay. No, no, no. That's not what I meant by that. Yeah.
0: I mean, no. I don't think it's a stretch to think the Hawks can make the Eastern Conference Finals. They did that last season. Right. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean... They'll, they'll make it there as a five seed at best. That's as high as they'll get seed-wise, obviously. In the West, dude, I think it's the time... I think it's the time for the Suns, bro. I think last year was enough for Booker and Aiden. and then obviously Chris Paul won't be as good as he was last yeah, year. Yeah, I don't think. I'm a
1: lot. I'm down on those bros. Really, I am. You don't like Phoenix, I, I, huh? You're not into no, the desert. I, well, I'm not sold on Devin Booker as a top ten player. Like people want to, people want to put Devin Booker up there as one of the best scorers in the league. Somebody he's have, better.
0: My... He's better than Trey Young.
1: No, he's not. Yes, he is. It's not particularly. The stats don't back that up, Travis. Yes, they do.
0: You look at specific stats. They do back it up, Spencer.
1: The catch all do not. It's not even. It's It's not. not It's not a catch all. You
0: frame it to avoid using Trey Young's weaknesses, and then you and then you say, "Oh, Devin Booker's weak here, here, and here," but you don't even acknowledge that Trey Young's weak in certain spots too.
1: I'd tell you what we'll have. uh, We'll have Brad Roland. We'll have somebody who covers the Hawks on soon. Just who covers the Hawks? Yes. Okay, well, then let's have somebody that covers the Suns. Deal. So I can have somebody who watches Trey Young play every day. I do
0: watch him play like 40, 50 times a year because of this podcast. Even though I don't like the Hawks.
1: He's just better than a Devin Booker, dude. I'm sorry. He is. I'd rather have Devin Booker. You crazy.
0: Spencer and I will be back next week, episode 89. Y'all stick with me for the local segment, Georgia Southern Football, as well as NFL and college. See you guys for episode 89. Until then, stay safe, wash your hands, you filthy animals. Peace. All right, thanks for sticking with me on the second half of episode 88 of the Hot Grits podcast. Local segment sponsored by prep sportsreport.com. The Prep Sports Report has been delivering local sports coverage for more than 20 years in the Savannah and Coastal Empire area. They continue to do so. They continue to celebrate youth athletes in the Coastal Empire to this day. PSR has your daily updates on the outstanding student athletes in our area every day. Always free to read. Always free to scroll. No subscribing. No advertisements. Just the stories that you want on the athletes that you love in the nine one two. Visit PrepSportsReport.com today. Twitter at PrepSav. Like and follow Prep Sports Report on Facebook. PrepSportsReport.com. You gotta love it. All right, I'm going to start this week with high school football. Week 9 was last week. Week 10 coming up. Only a couple weeks left now in the high school football season before region playoff start and state playoff start. Top 5 this week heading into October 22nd games Friday night. Number 1, BC. Number 2, Calvary. I still go back and forth in my mind on these two teams. I don't know who's better. We'll never get to see them play. That would be way too easy. I mean, they'll never actually play each other. So we'll just have to argue about it and debate it for a while. I'm getting a lot of flack when I put ties in my top five. But that's okay. I'm not going to succumb to the pressure of the, of the uh, poll critics. 1 BC, 2 Calvary Day. I will succumb this week, I guess. 3 New Hampstead. New Hampstead is an interesting team right here in the middle of the pack for me. They get Benedictine this week. And what is a de facto Region 3-4A championship game at Memorial Stadium? That's two teams that are both really, really playing well. Paulie Seeley and Toriano Bias, the quarterback-receiver combo for New Hampstead. Um, And then, obviously, Holden Gurner, Zaquan Bryan, and Justin Thomas are the three studs for Benedictine. That should be a really good game. Number four this week, Savannah Christian. They're coming off a 21 to nothing loss to Calvary. But I came away impressed with Savannah Christian. I expected it to be way worse than it was. Nobody, nobody to date has been able to go four quarters with Calvary. And Savannah Christian did just that. Now, look, they were dominated in a lot of the stat categories, but every play. On the eye test, they weren't dominated. They held up and they looked like they belonged on the field with what I think is one of the three or four best teams in the state of Georgia, especially in private schools. Uh, I think Calvary is obviously a top three team in Class A private. Savannah Christian unranked. They held them to 14 total offensive points, Savannah Christian did. So they'll, they're number four for me this week. Windsor Forest, number five. They're vying for their first Region title ever I think the school started in 1967 The Windsor Forest Knights Have never won a region title They're 3-0 and Sitting alone atop region 3 3-A right now With just a few games remaining um, They really won't be tested The Knights won't Head coach Jeb Stewart And running back Mike Caballero Leading the Knights over there On Savannah south side They won't be tested Until they play Southeast Bullock again they're one full game up On Southeast Bullock in the Standing, could we see something from Windsor Forest that we haven't seen ever in their nearly 50-year history? A region title on the horizon for Windsor Forest. So one BC, two Calvary Day, three New Hampstead, four Savannah Christian, and five Windsor Forest. That is the definitive, all-important, super serious, very, very meaningful top five for high school football this week. Two key games to watch coming up Week 10. Benedictine New Hampstead at, at Memorial Stadium. already told you guys about that. Calvary at Country Day this week. and um, what will probably be a lopsided result. But it's always notable when those two get together. Calvary and Country Day. Over at Saunders Field on the campus of Savannah Country Day. Uh, I think... I don't have it in front of me. I think Calvary has beaten Country Day every single time they've played at Country Day since 2004. Since 2004. So that's roughly eight, seven, eight straight games they've won at, at Country Day. Maybe the Hornets are due. We'll see. It would be a monumental upset over the number two ranked team in all of Class A private. All right, let's move on now. Savannah State. Savannah State continues the role. But this week, they get Albany State in Albany in what I think is the biggest game of the Sean Quinn era to date, and I don't really know that it's that close. And by biggest, I mean, most important, most important game in Sean Quinn's uh, so far brief tenure as the head coach of Savannah State. But there's a lot on the line: six and one, four and0, oh, Savannah State versus six and one, three and0 oh, Albany State. Not to mention they're both are their rivals. So October twenty third in Albany, Savannah State will look to move to five and zero in the SEAC. And if my math is correct, that would clinch them a berth into the CAC conference title game. Of course, with that conference, you never know. Um, you could obviously come in first with an undefeated record, like Savannah State did in twenty nineteen, and then you just don't get invited to the conference title game. Ho hum. Welcome to the SEAC. Savannah State and Albany State this week on ESPN+. Plus. Try and check that out and root on the Tigers. Last week, Savannah State rolled Clark Atlanta uh, in front of a sold-out homecoming crowd at T.A. Wright Stadium. 49-14, Savannah State won. They scored 28 unanswered points in the fourth quarter alone to win going away over Clark Atlanta. They did all that without their first team all-preseason running back, D'Angelo Durham, who was in street clothes on the sidelines for that game. Hopefully, he'll be back this week for Albany State. That's yet to be seen. Okay, moving on now to Georgia Southern. Uh, While Savannah State's rolling, Georgia Southern is not. They're coming off last Thursday night's massacre in Mobile is what I'm calling it. South Alabama 41-41. Georgia Southern, 14 on national television. The Eagles got embarrassed. A um, lot, of, lot of people complaining about, you know, just the general product. You're going to go out there as a three-point, some lines had it at two points, a two-point, three-point underdog on national TV. If you're Georgia Southern, you only get so many shots at, at being in front of the entire country. Prime time on Thursday night. They had a real shot, Georgia Southern did, and they were boat raced out of the gates. First 19 minutes and 52 seconds of the game. 19 minutes, 52 seconds, Georgia Southern is outscored 31 to nothing. The next 40 minutes, Georgia Southern outscored South Alabama 14 to 10. So they lost the first 20 minutes, and then they won the next 40. How is that possible that you lose 41 to 14 when you win a 40 minute chunk of the game? The worst chunk came at the very beginning of the game. Georgia Southern in the first quarter was outgained 192 to 1. 192 to 1. I don't know that it matters all that much. But this is what Georgia Southern Athletic Director Jared Binko, this is what the powers that be, they signed the Eagles up for this when they fired Chad Lunsford after the Gavin Adcock video came out. They signed Georgia Southern up for possibly a dark horse, an outside shot at maybe maybe reaching a bowl game. But that's a long shot now that's a long shot now. You get you lose forty one to fourteen on the road at South Alabama. I don't think it's gonna go that well when you play teams like, say, App State. Coaches and the staff and all those guys are gonna stay together and they're not gonna, you know, break ranks. I get that. That's to be expected, right? What shows up on the field is a bad product and you know, Georgia Southern fans have every right to be pissed. Every right to be pissed. They got their work cut out for them. Luckily, they'll get a bye week. This week coming up, they're 2-5, and 1-3. and three. October 30th, they'll play Georgia State. This is the new slot for the game that used to be the season finale in years past, I think since 2014, when Georgia Southern entered the FBS. Um, so that's October 30th at Paulson Stadium, Georgia Southern, Georgia State. All right, I'm going to wrap up here. Um, bear with me, I'm going to get some things off my chest in this segment. Uh, if you have kids in the car, maybe turn the volume up, let them hear this. A really wild weekend, uh, sad weekend on a lot of accounts for Wesley Kennedy III, but um, I guess, I think a happy ending. In the end, Wesley Kennedy III went missing um, on Sunday morning around 10 a.m. from his house in Garden City, the last place he was seen in. Um, and was not found again until Tuesday night, just before 9 p.m. Um, so the weekend, you know, was sort of a blur with this whole thing. It's a very strange story, you know, sad story. And I encourage anybody that's listening that doesn't know about Wesley Kennedy and the story of of him going missing this weekend and kind of how it all unfolded. To do some research Um, I'll try to give you some background quickly As we talked about Wesley Kennedy A bunch on this podcast before Dating back to Late November 2020 um, When Kennedy along with Fellow Benedictine graduate Chris Harris were arrested Uh, You'll remember me talking To Mike Anthony about this On episode 38 I believe December 3rd 2020, Uh, Kennedy and the other three Georgia Southern players were arrested on November 23rd and November 24th of 2020, so almost a year ago, they were arrested. Um, Immediately, all four were suspended from the team, but only Chris Harris and Wesley Kennedy did not return. C.J. Wright and Ephraim Kitchen both returned to play for Georgia Southern. C.J. Wright, the Swainsboro native, is... Still playing for Georgia Southern, really good player. Um, And he only missed a brief stint after his arrest. Um, You know, so you can go back and listen to that full kind of breakdown of it. Uh, I started talking about it on episode 37, late November 2020. But, uh, you know, I began asking questions about Wesley Kennedy and about his status at Georgia Southern and how no one was really. Looking into it, I still believe there should be people looking into it. He he was jobbed and he was thrown away essentially by Georgia Southern. But Georgia Southern indefinitely suspending him because he pleaded not guilty and still pleaded not and still is pleading not guilty to the crimes uh, really prevented him from doing what he loved and doing what he was really good at playing football at the next level. Um, And so, beginning. In December of 2020, I started asking questions like, why aren't people looking into this? Listen to this clip quickly from me talking to Mike Anthony on episode 38 of the Hot Critics Podcast. Yeah, and unfortunately, there's nothing Chad Lunsford can say about the arrest. There's nothing Wesley or Chris Harris or any of those guys can say because the case is pending. But again, I, You know, that means that somebody else somewhere can say something. Somebody can say the real story of what happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's a lot of people that can do that. It was then when I began tracking his case, his court case, a year ago almost, 11 months ago, because I think Wesley Kennedy was given a raw deal. Georgia Southern Athletics after they announced the suspension of the four players, gave a press release highlighted by this quote. Quote, there will be no further comment on this matter at this time. End quote. Okay. So, so one of Georgia Southern's best players in recent memory, Wesley Kennedy III, just won't be commented on forever? Nobody was talking about it after that. Nobody was wondering Why Wesley Kennedy wasn't being defended in the media, on social media, by former coaches, by people in Savannah claiming they're all about the student-athletes 24-7. It's still playing out. He still has not gone to court. He's still pleading not guilty. Alright, so I bring all this up to say, I tweeted Sunday night after Wesley Kennedy goes missing. Sunday, October 17th, 10 a.m., footage of Wesley Kennedy leaving his place. That's the last time he's seen. A couple hours later, 1.30 p.m., the family reports him missing to Garden City Police. 1.30 p.m. on Sunday. At 3.32 p.m., our guy Frank Slokowski tweeted out that Wesley's family was looking for him and that if anybody knew where Wesley was... To reach out to his family. They're worried about him. That's at 3.32 in the afternoon on Sunday. At 6.50 p.m. I tweeted to update people that were direct messaging me, texting me. Asking if Wesley Kennedy had went missing because he was found guilty or because he lost the court case. That's what a lot of people were assuming. A lot of people that had listened a year earlier had known that Wesley Kinney was not maybe not in the best spot. Maybe not in the, the best mental shape. And who could blame him? Who could blame him? He did a, so much for that Georgia Southern football program. And, yo, not the fan's job. It's not the fan's job to keep up with every player after they leave the program 24-7. But this player, I did because of the way that he left the program and because the two guys that were arrested in the same event as him returned to the field because of the way they pleaded. Not because of what they did, because they pleaded guilty, dropped a felony to a misdemeanor, and therefore were allowed to play. So the morality, the character of the kids never changed. Just the charge. That's it. He wasn't out gangbanging. He wasn't out robbing liquor stores. He wasn't out beating up women. In his apartment. Had some weed laying around. So they raked him over the coals. But nobody was around to talk about it except for us. There will be no further comments on the matter at this time. Well we comment we kept commenting. We kept wondering. I had Frank Solkowski on a couple episodes after I had Mike on. So you just heard the clip from episode 38 of the Hot Grits podcast. How about three episodes later, when no one else is talking about Leslie Kennedy, I bring it up again. Here's a four-minute clip of Frank and I going back and forth and agreeing, I think, for the most part... As to how strange it was that nobody was saying anything now that Leslie Kennedy was off the football team. Nobody cared enough to go public and say, this is wrong what they're doing to this kid. Except for me. Listen up. Episode 41 of the Hot Crits Podcast with Frank Slokowski. Listeners of this podcast will remember that story, so we don't need to rehash. Let's assume that the listener knows the story of the four. We know that Kennedy and Harris are Benedictine graduates and they were not allowed back or, you know, by, by some power to be either the school or the law or both. Um, Kennedy has likely played his last game as a Georgia Southern Eagle. I say likely, that's a definite. Uh, and Chris Harris, uh, um, not sure on him, but to me, Frank, is, is there anything you can say about that situation where C.J. Wright comes back to play Ephraim Kitchen comes back to play. And then their mom on Chris Harris and Wesley Kennedy. There's pending law and and there's cases that are still open. But Wesley Kennedy played 40 games for this school. And he had some pretty big moments. He won games single-handedly. He was their team MVP last season. 1,874 career rushing yards, 20 touchdowns. And it seems like they kind of tossed him to the side. Uh, do you have anything that you can add or shed light on uh, in terms of that situation with Chris Harris and Wesley and especially Wesley Kennedy, the third? It is sad. I mean, it's completely sad. And it's really sad because, you know, it's
2: like you, you touched on a university. They're not going to say much while there's, you know, an investigation going on or charges are pending or you're waiting for a court case or, or this, that, or the other. My understanding of it is, um, you know the the two guys who came back, and again, this was never given to me by anybody at Georgia Southern or anything else. There may have been a plea. You yeah,
0: know? yeah that, that's. I think that's what Mike and I also.
2: Yeah, they, I mean, were told. because if there's a plea, and all of a sudden it's a misdemeanor, that you know that's that's one thing. But if you're if you're still charged with a felony, and you're you're not taking a plea, or you're not taking lesser charges, or this, that, and the other. That affects maybe coming back to a program, you know, and, and it's right. one of where it's beyond my pay grade. I don't know how you know lawyers do their things and the workings of the court. I, I mean, I watch a lot of court TV stuff, and I see a, a heck of a lot of lawyer commercials on television. Put it that way, yeah. Uh, but I don't know the inner workings of it, uh, you know, and it, it's one of the things that you can only go by what you're gathering, you know, and. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where, again, I think it's you have to remain, uh, you know, on straddling the fence. I mean, at that point, because innocent until proven guilty, uh, it, it's something that I, I guess is there, and you know, and you just keep waiting for that information. You know, uh, uh, you know, I've spoken with uh, parents of of both Savannah guys, you know, and they haven't given me any information or reasoning why. You know,
0: they have or haven't been back. So do you, do you think that those that they would want to avoid talking about this situation or, or talk about it nonstop? It seems like the fact that it's just disappeared and, and no word from the lawyer, no word from Kennedy's camp or from Georgia Southern's camp. It's just weird to hear silence in this situation, especially with an NFL combine, maybe for Kennedy. Uh you know, in the wings and as well, they're both eligible to return to college football if they like, because of the COVID rules. It's strange to hear the silence, you know? I mean, and, and that's, that's the scary part because, you know,
2: we know sports. We don't necessarily know law. Yes, yeah, that's true. You know, that, that's the big difference. And that's something where I've had a, you know, I, and i still get it wrong sometimes. So I have to, now that I'm doing the news, I can't say, you know, has been charged if there someone's alleged, allegedly, you know, Alleged crime. I mean, it's one word can turn a whole story around. So, I'm going to be completely honest. Whenever there's uh, you know a, a situation like arrests and law, I I'm scared. You know, I'm scared because that that takes it to a new height level of reporting because you know the semantics of it all and and the way you put it out there and the word yeah. uh, that makes a big difference. And so it, it's scary. So and that's why like you know everybody's like. Uh, you know, oh, you like reporting happy stories. You damn straight don't like reporting happy stories. It's not hard to—it's not hard to get a story wrong when when a when a football player is is out doing something good, but when a, an athlete supposedly does something bad. That that makes it tough because, let's be honest, you know, when 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 things are going great, everybody wants to talk to you and everybody wants to, to talk about the way. But when something goes bad, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about it. I think. That's where you have to be as a journalist is be there, and and that's all you can offer up. Listen, I'll be there in the good and the bad.
0: Okay, so the key part there is at the end when Frank says, during the good, during the bad. So remember that timeline on Sunday now. Keep that in mind. They're in the good. They're in the bad. Couldn't agree more, Frank. So, Sunday night after I tweeted... The following, I, I, you know, I need to read what I tweeted. I tweeted Wesley Kennedy III's criminal calendar call from his November 2020 arrest, which led to his eventual dismissal from the Georgia Southern football team. The court event is scheduled for Wednesday of this week, October 20th, 2021, for whatever that's worth. That was my tweet. That was it. And the reason I tweeted it which was lazy. I should have read the room. I should have put more clarity in it. And I should have referred to the reason why I was tweeting this at the time. But I'll do it now. I tweeted it because those people were asking me, assuming that Wesley Kennedy was guilty and therefore needed to run away. It wasn't just one person or two people. More than five people in a two-hour span. We're asking about it. So, if I'm not going to clarify it on Twitter, where am I going to do it? You expect me to individually answer each person's question when I have the platform right there in front of me to answer it all at once? I tweeted that and it did not not go over well with a lot of people. A lot of people that, frankly, did not care About my reasoning. They probably still don't. But Wesley Kennedy was not guilty. He was not running away because he was guilty. It was not an admittance of his guilt. So I tweeted to clarify that the case was and still is open and that he has still not been found guilty. And that he has still not been found guilty in the court of law. Okay, so they found him the day before this court hearing Tuesday night. Um, and they found him in, you know, what is a pretty sad, sad way to find somebody, but at least they found him. At least Wesley Kennedy is safe and alive tonight. That's the most important thing, after all, right? I agree. But surely, surely we can admit that you can want Wesley Kennedy to be all right. You can want him to be found safely whilst still clarifying a legal matter. I don't see what's so radical about that unless you're emotional, sad, worked up, confused, and you need someone to take it out on. I'm not sure why anyone would care more about my tweet after I tweeted it than what's really going on with Wesley Kennedy. Why would you ask more questions about my tweet than what's going on with Wesley Kennedy? Why would you spend more time tweeting about my tweet Instead of wondering what led to Wesley Kennedy's mental state at this hour. Now look, there were a lot of people upset about that tweet. It's not the first time I've tweeted something people were upset about. So on Monday night at 6.34 p.m., 25 hours after I tweeted, Johnson's head basketball coach, Chuck Campbell, at CoachChuck142 on Twitter, Coach Chuck, I've known him for a while. He's a good guy. Great coach. He knows Wesley well. He's personally, emotionally involved in their family. He loves Wesley Kennedy. Like a son. He said that before. So I get it. I get it. I get it. Certainly, I was worried about Wesley Kennedy Monday night at 6.34 p.m. as well. Because I, and I look on Twitter and I see Coach Campbell has taken to Twitter... To voice his displeasures. Now, to be fair, he had called me the day before and was very upset about my tweet. And, and before I could get a word out, had already hung up on me. Um, I had asked him if he could give Wesley's parents my number if they wanted it. Not, don't go reach out to them, and they they probably don't give a shit about having my phone number or about anything I've tweeted ever. Why should they? I would not expect them to care about anything that I've ever tweeted. But I said, you know, of course, if you want to give them my phone number, they can reach out to me. And if Wesley's mom would have asked me to delete a tweet, I would have done it. Frankly, most moms (laughs) of any athlete that I've ever tweeted about, if they asked me to delete it, I probably would. It's never happened. I can't say for sure. But certainly it was a better route to go than the eventual route that we went. Here's Coach uh, Campbell's tweet. Quote, As long as I'm the head boys basketball coach at Johnson Savannah High School, I will never grant at Jadon Sports an interview or support any platform he's involved with. Praying for Wesley and his loved ones, especially his parents. So now Coach Campbell has taken it upon himself At that moment in time. uh, To take a stand. About a tweet from 25 hours earlier. That he was only bringing more attention to. By pouting about it on Twitter. Posting about it on Twitter. So right when I saw it. I had two options. I could tweet back at him. Like a high school girl. Or I could call him like a man. So I called him. I picked up the phone and called him. Chuck had my cell phone number. I had. I have his. I called him. I said, Coach, I'm assuming that that tweet you sent out was because of the tweet I sent out about Wesley Kennedy. And about as soon as I finished the, that sentence, Coach Campbell again went off. Telling me no, no, no. Quote, I warned you. I warned you. Coach, coach, I was the one sticking up for him. When he got wronged. Not you. Of course, when he runs away, everyone's going to worry about him, including me. I was worried about him 11 months ago. When he left Statesboro, came back to Savannah after only a few months before potentially having the NFL on his horizon. Think about that for a moment, what that would do to a 21, 22-year-old kid. And then he realizes two, three weeks later, man, nobody is ever going to think I'm anything but guilty. I'll never have a shot at the pros. None of that. That was wrong. And I said as much. So when Coach Campbell takes to Twitter to tell me that he will never grant me an interview, I have to laugh. Bizarre. I've never once asked Coach Campbell for an interview. Never needed it. Still don't. Still won't.